I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. It is the final major championship of 2023. We are at Royal Liverpool Golf Club, also known as Hoylake. I think it used to be Hoylake, also known as Royal Liverpool, but there we go. Um, maybe I'm wrong. We shall see. But joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Except for some weeks. Hello, Tom. Except, except for some weeks <laughs> when you have the weeks off and I let you have a few vacation days. And Brad, Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. It's nice to have the band together for a, a major championship, as it always is. Uh, a final one of the season. Brad, I come to you first. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone named not named Scotty Scheffler that is going to be devastated? I guess it's Scheffler and Rory are going to be the two people that uh, don't get a major this season. Well, they're rightfully uh, favourites, and I think you could... Honestly, it's, it's tough to pick between the two. I I've, I completely uh, understand if someone's just going to, if a single bullet it and just take someone or take Rory or Scheffler and take someone from the middle and that and call it a day because I think both of them um, you can make a great argument for this week. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sure we're going to delve into who else we like, but um, no, no one else from that top bit from me. Completely understandable. Jason. Is it a failure this season if one of those two players don't win a major? Uh, is it a failure that one of them hasn't won one of the four majors? Uh, I think potentially, given mm. the fact that John Rahm isn't doing it. Um, looking down the list, you've got Fleetwood, Patton, Cantley struggling to get over the line. Um, hmm, don't know. I mean, obviously, obviously, Ketka. Cameron Smith, DJ, that you're going to discuss, um, come back into the field. That makes it a little bit harder. I, I will be, I think Rory will win this week. And yeah. um, I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to have to have that argument next week. Is it a failure? No, I think I think Scotty Scheffler can look at it and be disappointed. Although he's got the cup of victories, I think he can be really disappointed in what's happened. I mean, he potentially, and he is, when we say potentially, everybody can win every week. Yeah, but really, I mean, we all know what he's doing. He's what he's doing is unbelievable, um, and sadly, he's not getting over the line. And uh, at the price in a major, and you, you have to be slightly. Well, he didn't look particularly comfortable last week, um, and he's but he's always there, isn't he? Whereas mm-hmm. I think I think McElroy's final two holes sent out such a signal to everybody else. I, I you know, I think there's so much in his favour. I, I don't like, you know, we very rarely go in short. And we do, very, you know, on a very, very rare occasion. But I have to be on this week. And whether it's a saver or whether you're back in for trading later on, on, a, on Saturday mm-hmm. or Sunday, um, I, I just, I, I don't see. I, I, I thought it was, they were opposable. I thought you could have posted Scotty definitely because you need him to win. I'm not convinced. Um Although he's going, you know, he's going to be there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and Rory, I, I had to see, and I just thought his his message on seventeen and eighteen were perfect. I mean, two totally different holes. Um, he pitched his approach exactly where he needed to. He read everything. I think this week's going to be um, 
you might agree, you might not. I think this is going to be it's going to be like 2014, or it's going to be like Morikawa 2021, yeah. whereby um, it's not going to be a Cameron. I don't think it's going to be a Cameron Smith type of course, um, mm-hmm. or a Jordan mm-hmm. Smith type of course. I'd want it harder for them. And therefore, you look and you say, you know, what he's done, he, he should have won it. I mean, he should have won Scottish on Saturday, let people back in. Um, obviously, McIntyre's done his fantastic on Sunday. And yet, Rory's still gone on to win it. His, his, his attitude in the last two holes was unbelievable. His putt on 18 was, yeah, it, it was struck with confidence. It wasn't a wishy-washy putt. And yeah, he still thought he missed it though, didn't he? <laughs> but he's well, done, yeah, yeah. He, he did that a couple of times though down the stretch. He thought he, uh, he thought he missed the putt, and then he ends up surprised that he got he got it. So, but yeah, still a great putt. Yeah, I, 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 I looked at it and went, I'm not sure I'd want X putting that for me. I, you know, even Scotty, I wouldn't want him putting that for me on 18 necessarily. necessarily. Tyrrell Hatton was for Wellwood anyway. Um, <laughs> And you just look at all the others, and I think in context, it was, like I say, it was such a message that you're now going on a course that he's won. I know they've changed it. Okay, they've, they've lengthened the par fives. Great. That's even more important. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've got a new par three. He's just shown you what he could do two yeah. days ago. Um, I, I, I'm lost. I mean, he, he won it here in 14. Um, obviously, he's world number two when he won, it, when he won this, I think, because Adam Scott was fifth. Then went on to win another two championships. Uh, including the PGA, went to number one. When Tiger won around here, he was number one, obviously. Um, and interestingly, both of them, their worst major of the year was the US Open. I know it was in a different order. They won here, then they won the PGA. But their worst open, their worst major of the year was the US Open. And that's the same here. And I, I just... I, look, if they play it 65 times, let's say 70 times, it's 7-1, to one, right? If they play it... So I'll ask you a question. If they play this 70 times, right, which is hard to imagine, yeah. how many times does Rory win? How many times does he go odds on? How many times does he go under 2-1? to one? It's, it's, and, and I think the price is better than the price it is. So hmm. I'm playing. Yeah, interesting. Um, look, I think, I think firstly, just to recap very quickly on the Scottish Open, um, I was really pleased to see both of those players do what they did on Sunday. Um, There's no getting away from the fact that I'm very critical of both players. Uh, I think we've been as a group critical of both at times. And to see McIntyre do everything he could on that Sunday in testing conditions was really impressive. I think it definitely shone a light on him for Ryder Cup. And I think Rory McIlroy, as you said, brilliantly doing what he did on the two holes he had to go. He had like a 0.7% 0.7% chance of winning, even on like 17 or 18. Like he wasn't expected to even get no. through those at level part at own one under. So it was exceptional. Um, yeah, really impressed. Like you say, that the par, the par has changed from 72 to 71. It's slightly longer with the two par fives being stretched out on the back, the new 17th hole, and they've changed the par five tenth to a par four. And Mm-hmm. Again, that was one of the holes that he birdied like three of the four times at um, Hoy Lake in 2014. But who's going to benefit from a longer par four against everybody else? The person that drives the ball the best, and that's going to be him. So um, I think it, I actually had him down that he was eighth going into this in the world, and he and he got to second after his win. Um, and it was Adam Scott, as you said, that yeah, was the yeah. um, So when you look at the world rankings of the players 
um, in, in the top of this leaderboard. Rory was eighth. Ricky Fowler was 25th. Sergio Garcia was ninth. Jim Furyk was 11th. Mark Leishman, a bit of a anomaly at 62nd, but he'd also finished second at Torrey Pines earlier in that season. And then you had a couple of different ones. So Eduardo Monore was 146th, but he'd been second at the Irish Open earlier that season. You had Charles Schwartzel, who was 26th, but he'd been fifth at Riviera. Uh, Victor de Buisson finished in the top 10, but he'd also been, that was the year he was second at the match play, I think, behind Jason Day. And then he was 23rd in the world at the time. And then you had Shane Lowry, top 10, first top 10 in an Open Championship. And we know what he's gone to do since then. So when you look back at this, it's apart from maybe the couple of Eduardo and, and De Poisson, it's aged pretty well, this leaderboard. I think it's rewarded the best golfers in the end. Dustin should have been in that top five. He, he leaked holes or leaked shots on the last three or four holes coming in uh, on Sunday. Otherwise, he'd have been in top five. Adam Scott did that off the wrong side of the draw, which was impressive. So overall, it does just go towards the best players, and that is typical of Open Championships in general as well. I think, like you said, it's not going to be like St Andrews, Brad, where you can just spray the ball. Like we were no. relatively confident on Cam Smith last year because we weren't worried about him, you know, being all over the place. I was really keen on Cam Smith coming into this, and then he only hit 51% of fairways when winning at Centurion uh, on Liv. And I know people won't care about Liv, but like it's still the, the thing you've got to go by. He was okay at one of the majors recently in terms of accuracy, but I just don't trust him to avoid uh, those this out. Is, this is not a venue for Cam Smith, in my opinion. You don't target him here. As you said, at St. Andrews, like you, you know he could be forgiven if he was to hit one of his wayward drives. You know, he could get out of jail, but here I think you get punished. You know, there's lots of out of bounds um a long tall fescue uh you, you, you do get punished if you're hitting wayward drives often than not so yeah it's not cam smith as an easy no for me this week despite him winning last week so and i think last year <laughs> i think if it was 2014 right he could probably have got away with it a little bit because it was a slightly mm. shorter golf course the par fives were shorter that there was a par five and a tenth is now a par four i think he could have clubbed down right and we've seen him win at the players championship last season season where you need to avoid water and rough and all that sort of stuff so i think he could have done it i just think with these kind of changes it's it's kind of taken over and where where he gets his edges on the putting green and th- they're the flattest putting greens you're going to get an open yeah. as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. so i don't think he necessarily gets the bonus that he would normally get with that so point, yeah. i i think that's a good little summation of the top of the board Let's look at the prices. So Rory McIlroy, best price, 15 to 2. Scotty Scheffler, 8 to 1. John Rahm, 13 to 1. Cam Smith, 18 to 1. And then it's 22 and bigger than rest. Um, Jason, obviously, you've mentioned there that you're on Rory McIlroy. You like him. You can't see him not contending. Do you think there's an argument that he shouldn't be half the price of John Rahm? Or do you think actually still 15s to is, is pretty good value even when you consider it against the Rams and the, and the Kepkas. Oh, I can't have I can't have John Rahm. It no. just doesn't matter. I don't no. care. I mean, it's that simple. So yeah. it, do, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't surprise me John Rahm completely blows out. does absolutely nothing. Um, and I don't see it. Of it's like, it's like, We're here every week, so it sounds like I'm just punting favourites here. I'm not. <laughs> but I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I'd, you know, I don't see it in McElroy. I don't see it in Sheffler. Mm. Um We've discussed Smith. Obviously, I think Tommy will be there. That's 
the way he is. Um, you'll probably come on to Hovland. Yeah. Um, Cantley's not doing it. I mean, Hatton was shite winning contention over the weekend. I just couldn't believe that. Um, mm. Yeah, in fact, I didn't expect him to be where he was after Saturday, after he'd fallen apart Saturday. He's he's like getting worse and worse. He's getting, I don't know whether he's, you know, got something wrong. Um, <laughs> but he seems, I mean, it started funny and now it's not funny. Now it's slightly worrying. Well, um, that, that's the thing is that we, we kind of mentioned that if you take it away from him, maybe he doesn't, he's not as good as he can be. And, and, and that's part of his game. But it, is, it does seem to be debilitating at this point. It's and, worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it's really worse, nice. yeah. It's not. I mean, I don't know what's happened to the thumbs up thing, but that's clearly fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's gone to live. Maybe it's gone to live. I don't know. But no, for me, I, I, I need to get the band back together. There. <laughs> you put fourteen up, sixteen up. I'm not interested. I don't want John Rahm. No, fair enough. I think. I think the only thing I would say about John Rahm is that, re- reasonably speaking, he hasn't been great in Open Championships in terms of what we would expect from someone like him. But the best one was 2021 at St George's and it could play a little bit similar to that so that would be the one positive I would give him but he's not playing well enough like when I think about the fact that he was 10 to 1 at the Masters and I thought he was you know an absolute certainty to win it and now I don't think he's really got a good a chance at all and he's still only two points bigger um mm. it's not great so yeah that that was that for the, the top of the board there we've talked about Cam Smith I was surprised to see Brooks at 22 to 1 I must admit I thought that was slightly bigger than I expected I'm not on because of the couple mm-hmm. that like at the top of the market, Brad. But yeah. I was surprised to see 22 to one because I think I think Kepka's open record has been overlooked slightly. Yeah, yeah, he's got a, he's got a really good record in the open, and obviously what he did last time at the US Open as well has got to be respected. He's, he's just a major player, and he shows up on the on the biggest stage. So yeah, I can completely get on board with people taking him at 22 to one as same as you, not for me. But yeah, another one that was on the shortlist. Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't get an argument from me on anyone. I, I think no. I think with Scheffler, like it's a funny one with Scheffler because going back and forth a little bit here, but like just wanted to get his point across that like obviously his his strokes game putting stats look a whole lot worse because he's setting up so many opportunities. So when you gain twenty strokes tee to green and you don't make every single putt inside five feet, you're going to look really bad at putting. And he lost eight strokes that week. So it does look worse because of just how close it's hitting it. But ultimately, you do need to make those parts. The, 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 the stats don't lie. You are expected to make those stats, and that's why you're losing. So it looks worse, yes, because it's on TV a lot, and he's and he's getting so close. But it is also a reality. So him saying, I'm a good putter and all that sort of stuff is, is a little bit alarming. Um, hopefully, it's self-confidence rather than blind arrogance and not actually thinking there's something wrong. But... Um, interested to see how that plays out for the rest of the season. I'll come on then to Victor Hovland. I just, I was actually ready to get off of Victor Hovland. I, I know I've been basically on him all season. I mean, he finished seven for the Masters and, and I wasn't on, then I was on for the next two majors. And I convinced myself he was kind of like the third best player in the world after his Memorial win, um, or even after the, the second at the PGA. I think it was that I kind of said that. Since then, 16th for Charles Schwab, wins Memorial, 19th for the US Open, 29th for the Travellers, 25th for the Scottish Open. And this is without his best stuff. His irons have deserted him a little bit, still gaining, but not quite what he was. His off the tee game is just so good. It wasn't brilliant in the Scottish Open, but it was good enough. I just love the perfect blend, Brad, with, with Victor Hovland in terms of straight enough and long enough. Yeah. Um, 
And look, his, his major record is just unbelievable. I, I think like people are focusing on what it's been like in, in 2023, and that's completely understandable. But it's actually just his whole major career has been absolutely fantastic. So 2019, he makes his first major start, finishes 32nd low amateur at the Masters, then goes 21st, 27th, 7th uh, in his next three Masters starts. PGA Championship debut, 33rd, goes 30th, 41st, 2nd. US Open, 12th low amateur in 2019, finishes 13th in 2020, draws in 2021 because he's got sand in his eye, wins the next week, uh, misses the cut in 2022, finishes 19th this year. Two Open Championship starts, 12th and 4th. It's it's unbelievable. His last four major starts, 4th, 7th, 2nd and 19th. And yes, the 19th was disappointing at the US Open, but he's just... He's just turning to his complete player now. I think there's a certain flaw to his game. I think this is a perfect open venue for him, Brad. So I'm in a bit top yeah. as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm big on total driving this week, you know, long and straight. And that is Victor Hovland at the moment. You know, there's only there's only one player. Well, there's, there's four players better than one person that's like doing that like, a lot more consistently. But yeah, I, I think Hovland, as you said, is a great fit for this course and a, a great option this week up top. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your first pick, Brad, in, in the market. So I've gone back to Cantlay, so I've backed him in all each of the majors this year. So yeah, there's a good chance I still haven't learned my lesson. But uh, yeah, we go again. Um, yeah, he missed the cut of the Scottish Open, which I really don't mind because it did help a little with his price this week. Um, he's 28 to 1 at the moment, uh, with eight places. So I like that. And he only missed um, by a shot last week and bounced back with a 67 in round two after a slow start. Um, he's he's been solid in all the majors this year without ever looking like winning one. Uh, tied 14th at the Masters, tied 9th at the USPGA, and uh, tied 14th at the US Open. Um, he finished 8th in the Open last year at St Andrews, uh, which was his best performance um, in a major that year. And it's just been phenomenal um, off the tee this year. And as I was going back to the total driving, um, he's he's leading it by quite uh, quite a ways first it's just been outrageously good um off the day he just, just hasn't um i think it's in 15 consecutive events of gaining strokes off the tee um last week even though mr cut he still gained over 1.7 strokes um yeah i just believe having complete control of your ball off the tee um royal liverpool is absolutely vital um as i already said there's just out of bounds on six holes uh tall fescue waiting uh wayward tee shots so yeah it pays to be long and straight here and uh yeah total driving's massive so currently easily tops that category wind will be a factor he's played well in wind affected pga tour events in the past he's got an excellent record at harbour town four times in the top five uh one top ten uh two top fives on the plantation course in hawaii third and fourth at pebble uh tied fourth at the scottish open last year and yeah, again, I go back to that eighth at the Open. So yeah, I mean, Cantlay will mark this year down as a disappointment, um, as you were saying earlier about uh, Rory and um, Rory and Scheffler. They'll, they'll, yeah. They would say it was a di- massive disappointment if they, um, if they don't go without um, a major win this year. But I think Cantlay, again, uh, he's never had one. I think he would mark this down as a disappointment if he was once again go without a major. He's number four in the world. He's been consistently like elite for a long time now we know he has all the game he's not an easy person to root for um but yeah i've ever believed that this guy will win a bunch of majors 
Um, I think he's he's a thinker, he's a strategist, which I believe is really important around this course, as it is on a lot of links golf. Um, and yeah, he has a good record of bouncing back after miscuts. So I'm in on him again uh, this week. It's interesting, can they? Uh, and and this is not meant as a criticism for your pick, although I can't get oh, on him. Yeah. But like, he has probably been the most disappointing player of the season. And mm-hmm. and I actually mean that in a compliment in the sense that like he's been playing really well, but just just apart from what heritage where he should have got into playoff, like he's not mm-hmm. contended in the way that his game suggests he should have. Oh, I completely agree with that. I mean, how many times has he been up there and he's promised and he's just um, hasn't been able to get over the line? It's uh, for someone of his calibre, he should be winning. Um, oh, it's tough to win. I mean, how many good players haven't won this year? And I, um, I think that's the thing, though. Like, it's t- if it was like if he was putting himself in a contention and he wasn't getting over the line, like the Heritage, and he'd done that three or four times a season, you'd say it's tough to win. If he'd done what Dustin Johnson did at three majors in like the PGA, the US <laughs> Open, the Open, and just like put one out of bounds on the final six holes or whatever. and But he's just not, like, look, his last, what, uh, five major starts, 14th, 8th, 14th, 9th, 14th. Like, he's mm-hmm. so good, he just puts himself there. But he's not getting the reps that you want him to get, even in regular events this season. No, no, I agree, exactly. And when it comes to the, if he is in the final group on um, on Sunday, you would have your, your worries, wouldn't you? Because he hasn't been um, doing it um, throughout the season, hasn't had that, as you say, them important reps. So, yeah, it would be a slight doubt that he could, but, yeah, I, I, it's only a matter of time with Gamble. Uh, the the, the skill set is the thing, right? And and I've mm-hmm. mentioned Dustin Johnson there, and it took him a long time to figure out major championships when he should have won one earlier in his career. It's just, it, it, just, it just worries me that he hasn't had the reps this season is, is more the concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Look, I actually like Patrick Cantlay, barring the fact that he's a miserable old toad. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just just a little bit worried about those reps, but it'll all be plain to see in, in a couple of days' time. That's Next right. pick for me, uh, Colin Morikawa. I thought there was going to be a massive overreaction after his second at a rocket mortgage, and I understand it is just a rocket mortgage and nothing else, but mm-hmm. he looked so good there when he was hunting down that win. I know he didn't win in the playoff, but Ricky Farrak's put off miraculous shots in the on the 18th and the um, playoff hole to to really do it. And I think it was just a case of Ricky had been in that position to kind of get that win for a long time, and he was it was almost destined to go his way. Um, I just I just think Morikawa's played better than even I thought this season. Like I, I've been pretty tough on Morikawa. It's been a couple of years since he's now uh, won. But when you look at it, he's only he's only lost strokes on approach once um, since the Open Championship last year, and that was at the Travellers when he missed the cut. He still gained a bunch off the tee over those two rounds. Uh, he's been gaining in, in putting the last four events. In the start of the season, he was second at Tournament Champions, obviously threw that away. Third at Torrey Pines, sixth at Riviera, thirteenth at the Players, then went tenth at the Masters, twenty-sixth at the PGA, and fourteenth at the US Open, and we're considering him a disappointment this season. And that's against his lofty expectations of the fact that he's a PGA champion and an Open champion already. Um, look, the, the, the story's out there. It's been out there for years that Morikawa won it on his Open debut. And, you know, he missed, or he didn't miss the cut. He finished like 67th at the Scottish the week before. That's a, you know, he comes out and tells you straight after that it's because he found out how to hit the ball through the turf and all those sort of things. 
uh, all those sort of things that you wish you heard before uh, passing happened over 40 to 1 that week. But yeah. he's just a player. Like, I, don't, I just don't believe he's going to go without a win for the rest of the season. So I think mm-hmm. the 30, 33 to 1 about him to win this Open Championship, if it's going to play a little bit like that one in 2021, where I don't think the conditions are going to get too tough. I do think his accuracy off the tee is going to be rewarded more so than than it has at previous uh, open venues. Yes. I, I like Colin Morikawa at 30 to 180 places. So I'm going to go in on that. Um, Jace, any any thoughts on those couple of there between Cantlay and Morikawa? No, I'd rather than Hovind. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I just can't have Morikawa. Um I mean, you're, I mean, obviously, I've got four, and the other couple haven't won this year. But um, when you t- when you're talking about going to the top ten, twelve or so, um, I think you tweeted it as well. Since 2010, 12 have already won in the year. Yeah. Um, there have been bits for Morikawa, but he went back again. He went backwards with his short game again. Uh, I can't. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what I mean. I think it will be a very similar similar occasion. And yeah, he he was shocking in Scotland. We, I, I distinctly remember having this podcast before that before that open and saying Morikawa was so bad that I couldn't touch him at yeah. uh, Royal St George's. And, and of course, it was a completely different test, and it was a tee green, you know, machine. But I, I think no, it's the open. I mean, I don't know. But yeah. I, I think there are others that I would rather be on. Um, yeah, I think that's the politest way of putting it. No, don't have to be polite, mate. You can you can just say well, no. Well, I, um, I mean, it's, it's look look. We're talking the greatest, you know, the best players in the world. It's yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, when you get to that stage. It's funny in that bit of that bit. Of, I, I think if I was going for one, it probably would be Lowry in that section of the market, just mm-hmm. because I think he's. Um, his current well-being, really. I, I was um, really disappointed with him yesterday. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I gather that as well. Yeah, I can, I can see that. He, he wasn't part of the thing, was he, until that long part on, was it on Saturday? Yeah. Um, it, it's, I, I think there are others. I think, I think this middle section is... No, no one's going to deny their class. Um, I, yeah, I, I, Fleet would have been there, Hovland would be there. And the re- I think just the rest, I can see them either... I don't say stupid, doing well or really bombing out. I mm. don't see them finishing 12th, 13th, anything like that. Um, there are just others that, um, well, you know, Tom Kim is Colin Morikawa of, of today, you yeah. know, and he's, he's done what he did last week. So, you know, at 17 points bigger, potentially, I'd, I'd go for somebody like him. But, I, you know, I, I don't have, I, they're not for me. No, fair enough. I think I think ultimately the one thing I'd say about Lowry and Fleetwood yesterday is that that was the conditions that everyone kind of earmarks for Lowry and Fleetwood and that they should come to the fore and they were cheering. Um, and I thought that was really like I thought that was their path to victory here at Hoylake is that they get in the mix and it gets really windy on Sunday and they hang on. And yep. if that happens again and they do what they did yesterday, then I'm going to miss out on them. So um, that would be my thoughts on those two players there. I'm going to come on to Dustin Johnson. So. Dustin Johnson was 40 to 1 to early. He was then 33 to 1 with 12 places. Then uh, Ben Coley put him up, which is, you know, one, it affects the price, but two, it's also a bit of a confidence boost because at 30 to 1, eight places, I still really like Dustin Johnson. I had given up on him basically as a golfer when I looked at the 48 for the Masters, the 55th at the PGA, 
wasn't really doing it on live. Um, and then all of a sudden he finished 10th at the USA from where he's fifth tee to green. And then you look at the fact he's been eighth and sixth the last two uh, open championships. Then you look at the fact he's been 14th, second, ninth, ninth, and 12th in open championships before that. When he was 12th here, he was third going into the or fifth going into the final few holes. Everything about Dustin Johnson suggests he should be a really good open championship player. Even in 2015, when he finished 49th, he was the 36th hole leader at St Andrews. I know different test, but ultimately, I think this is a really good course for him. He was brilliant at Centurion. I was there, I was watching him. He was great. Um, back to kind of vintage Dustin Johnson. And this is a golfer. You talk about kind of older major winners at Open Championships, Brad. He's he's 39 years old. Like he's he's well grizzled at this point. He's yeah. he's won the US Open. He's won the Masters. When he was when he blew up here in 2014, although he was never going to catch Rory anyway. But when he you know ruined his good work, he hadn't mm-hmm. won that major yet. He was just coming off those really poor um, final rounds when he's in contention. So I think Dustin Johnson now he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah like all of a sudden I just think he cares and I don't think I think he openly said that he enjoyed the the extra break at the start of the year and he included like the Mm -hmm. Masters and and the US Open in that or the PGA in that I think maybe you know you you include the Masters in that because he's already won one of those and it was still at the start of the season when he was jet skiing or whatever it was he was doing backflipping off of boats then then the PGA comes around doesn't really go his way who cares he's he's got his money and then US Open comes around and he's 10th with a bad putter. Um, I just feel very differently after one event, which can be dangerous. Yeah, I think that 10th at the US Open is is the the key. I think the fact that he was there, you know, especially after the first couple of rounds, um, like I think that's sort of like not that he needed that clarification or confidence boost because I think he is just a naturally confident dude. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think that will give him that extra oomph to go that extra step this time he's just uh he's so competitive isn't he and he's a winner um so yeah i do think he's a, a cracking bet this week it's an interesting point you made that like you don't think he needs that and you're right he doesn't because he knows how good he is he probably thinks he's still the best player in the world and naturally talented and all those sort of things but when you've been uncompetitive for six months and you didn't really care and the last time you really gave a shit was the eighth or whatever it was at st andrews like it can just eke into you and, and ruin your game slightly so mm-hmm. I think that it was just a real, real bounce back that um, tenth US Open, and all of a sudden, like he, he was still this price for all the other majors as well. It's not like he's really shortened up after that tenth US Open. Like this is what he's been all season. No one's really taken a chance on him. So the fact he's still that price after that tenth US Open really encouraged me, especially with with how he looks at Centurion. So going to go with DJ. So that obviously gives me Hovland, DJ, Morikawa from the top, which therefore means I'm going to have to start going a little bit longer. So. Jason, let's come to you for your second pick this week. Uh, well, if you have to win, well, you don't have to win, but if it's advisable to have won earlier yeah. in the year and you're playing well and you're just about over your biggest victory ever, then Wyndham Clark is banging there, especially after catching my eye last week. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, look, took ages to win, to win on the tour, but he was, I mean, you must have put him up, Brad, at big prices before he started winning. Um, mm-hmm. Tita Green stuff was always great. Um, then, yeah, there's obviously a chance at Canada, Corrales twice, Houston and Phoenix, Valspar before he actually won. And of course, when he did win, um, it was just absolutely ludicrous. It was a four shot victory, 
from a major field. It was the elevated events or whatever you want to call them these days. In fact, they don't exist anymore. Well, they do exist. Nobody has a clue. Um, absolutely incredible. One by four shots. Beat Xander. Uh, Hatton, Fleetwood, Adam Scott, McElroy were behind. Um, take it as a one-off if you want. But if you look at the roll call at the Wells Fargo, um, Rory's obviously won three times. Uh, Ricky Fowler beat McElroy in 12. Tigers obviously won because he's won everything. Um, and even if you go back to the 2003 Open winner, 300 to one shot, Ben Curtis, he was um, silver medalist, as was Cameron Young and Dustin Johnson. All all players totally relevant in, in uh, Open Championship history. Um, so it's not it's not a way out of a comparison. Um, that could have been it for him. He's taken a while. He even said over the weekend, I think, um, to a couple of papers or one reporter that, that he's still on a high. He was on a high at the Travellers. Um, missed the cut of the PGA, which is quite understandable after what he's done. Um, went to the final round at Memorial in fourth place before fading into 12th. And then obviously came away at the US Open, led it halfway. Everybody thought he was going to get swallowed up. And he holds off. You can't get better than holding off. Rory McIlroy, Scotty Sheffield and Cameron Smith. Um, and we know he had two bogeys down the stretch. But we have to remember that he's going into 15, I think, the 15th hole. Three shots clear of an absolute stellar field. Um, comes here this week. Um Caught my eye at Scotland last week when, hold on, see if I get my stats right. Mm. Uh, I think I'll get them right anyway. Um, yeah, sixth driving distance, 37th in accuracy. I'm, I'm fine with that because there's been a lot of, if you look at the uh, quotes from previous years, there's a lot of mentioning of two irons and there'll be three irons played this week. Those who know what they're doing on links mm. courses, depending on obviously how much this rain affects the fairways, um, those who know what they're doing on, on, on this course will take out those low low irons rather than shove it in the air. Uh, 18th in greens, top 20 everywhere. Um, what really caught my eye was his putting. Now, I know he's, you know he's lost over three and a half strokes on the greens, finished 72nd. But on each day, he improved. He started 135th, 126th, 54th, and then 21st on finals day. Um, really caught the eye. Last year, the Scottish, he'd done a similar thing. He went 51st, 38th, 35th, and then 6th. Um, he believes that he's now up. I'm not convinced that he's in the top 12 in the world, but um, it's very hard to argue with a man that's won two of the best tournaments in the last couple of months. 7th um, in par 5 over three months, 18th in ball striking over three months. Um, yeah, what, you know, what do you want? Um, I, I'm very happy being with Wyndham Clark, a man who is in the ascendancy, um, wants to play here this week. And, and, and I think if he turns up with the sort of Tita Green game that he's been showing in the same class, not as even not as if you can say he's got to step up. Yeah. Um, I, I like him. I, I thought it was. I've got. A, I had a quote from him somewhere that he told. Um, I can't find it now. Um, but basically he said that, that if anything had changed, it's more that he's got belief in himself that he can do it, which I think was the thing that stopped him winning for the last couple of seasons. Um, he said he was using this this week or last week as a prep. Um, he's got all the elements that he's going to face, but he's, he's there functioning this week. But he's using it as a prep for next week. I know they're all going to say that because that's what they do. But when you look at his profile, it's improving, it's going up. And... I really, I I think he'll go very well this week. 
I like him a lot. So I'm really impressed with Wyndham Clark and, and you've obviously covered it all there, but just as a summary from me, like just how well he's reacted. So he won he wins Wells Fargo, massive tournament, first ever win on the PGA tour, misses a cut of the PGA, completely understandable. Right off the gates, finishes twelfth after uh, being fourth after 54 hours at Memorial. So again, he's got a second chance to win in three weeks. Then he mm-hmm. does win on his following start of the US Open. And as you say, holds off Rory McIlroy, Scott Scheffler, Fowler, Shoffley, all those people. Then the Travellers, where he does only finish 29th. He goes 68, 67, 66. 68, 67, 67, 66, sorry. So four really good PGA Tour rounds that just happens to be that he didn't quite get the 63, 64s you need at the Travellers to kind of compete. But got better every day a week after winning a US Open and then he finishes 25th in his I think that might be his first Scottish show but he might have played the year before as well but mm-hmm. again comes out pretty fast he's, he's 17th for the halfway mark and I just I don't think anyone that was backing Wyndham Clark to be a big player this season ever imagined he'd be a major champion I think they thought he was going to win, but I think they thought he was going to win the John Deere Classic or, or whatever, like that level, maybe the Travellers, something like that. They never really thought he was going to go and win the Wells Fargo. They certainly didn't think he was going to go and win the US Open, and he's surpassed all those expectations. So in that sense, really, really good. I think I think it's too hard to compete for another major this season, but stranger things have happened. So... I don't think it's going to happen, but it's very hard to argue with the, with the body at work, isn't it, Brad? Mm-hmm, 100%. As, as you already said, I'm just super impressed with how he's sort of first handled that win and then gone on and won the US Open. He just, I feel like he's got this sense of belonging that he is like a real top player now and he's only going in one direction. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see him have another good week. Yeah, if uh, if if Justin Rose this week this wins this week, you'll find me in the in the Wirral. Um, I, I won't I won't be back next week. Uh, yeah, after after uh, backing him for every single major this year, I'm finally departing, and this is the one I had him circle for. But I was really concerned with his stats last week. I know he did end up marginally gaining on approach, but he just looked weak as piss everywhere, and I wasn't really happy with it. Like normally he fights back and makes a cut, and he just didn't. So that that put me off but we shall see i'll uh i'll deal with that when it happens um brad next two picks for us thank you Dirk. yeah so i've gone with uh taylor gooch first and foremost 80 to 1 um yeah i think what he's achieved on the live tour this year has to be respected um he's won three times in his last six starts his first win in australia closed with a 73 but thankfully did enough in the first two rounds but the manner in which he won his last two in Singapore and uh, Valderrama was much more impressive, like strong final rounds once he had the lead to seal the deal. And yeah, I think, I believe he is a, a good example of a player that has pushed on and excelled since the switch to live. But the only way to sort of justify that statement would be performances in the majors. Um, and his last two have been underwhelming. Uh, 34th at the Masters and missed cut at the US PGA. Um, but yeah, I'm favouring accuracy this week. Um, and Gooch is an accurate and strategic player. His recent wins and performances at Valderrama and Sentosa in Singapore, that, that, that tells you alone that what you need um, to win there. And uh, yeah, he has performed well in windy conditions. I think Sunday it's going to get 
um, similar to Scottish Open. I think that's the worst of the wind. So, and it's going to be there all week. So, yeah, it's important as it is always in Lynx Golf to have that ability to play in the wind. And yeah, his sole PJ Tour win came at the RSM Classic, obviously at Sea Island. Um, he has a fifth at Tipsy Sawgrass, which bodes well as there's some crossover there and. And also the, the course just penalises uh, poor ball striking. There's so many water hazards. So in some aspect, it won't be too dissimilar in terms of players sort of prioritising position off the tee. Um, but yeah, his stats um, on live um, tour, albeit so you might take with a pinch of salt, uh, ranks fifth for driving accuracy, ninth for greens and regulation, fifth for scrambling and ninth for putting. Uh, and so that's just so solid across the board. Um, but what I like, did he also, he's finished tied 33rd and tied 34th in his only two appearances um, in the Open Championship. So, yeah, that's quite that's good. And so I think he enjoys his test of golf. And I just think there's a lot to like. I think he is a different player now. Um, and I think he'll want to prove that on the big stage. Um, and yeah, at 80 to 1, he's got to be on the card. Yeah, so he was the one. So, you know, as people that do these kind of podcasts and articles, you always get a text from a few of your mates asking you who you like uh, a week before and you haven't really dug in quite as you want. And I, and I sort of just said that Taylor Gooch was like 125 to 1 at the point I was saying it. And I just thought, you know, you're getting massive value on a player because he's on the Live Tour rather than the PJ Tour. Um, and he was eighth at the halfway mark at St Andrews last year and faded away. He was 33rd at um, St George's, which we, we like here. We've all kind of said that in agreement. I, I'm a little bit concerned that he just hasn't done it, like at the PJ or the Masters this year. I do really like his accuracy when he's winning. He, he's, you know, being a lot more accurate than the other people in the field. I like the fact that when he came over for Wentworth last year, he was really solid. Uh, he was top five there as well. He has that kind of chip on his shoulder that suggests that he's going to try and force his way on the Ryder Cup team somehow. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of talk about him and how he should be on there. And a lot of it's these live bots and people that get paid to say nice things about yeah. it. But, I mean, if he contends this week, it would be hard to not bring him in the conversation. And I think that's all he wants to achieve at this point. Like, obviously, he'd he love to, yeah. Yeah, like he'd love to win the major, of course. But, like, if he at least proves... Because until he does it in, in another PGA event, everyone's just going to think it's a live thing. And... The only other chance he's got this season is this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's exactly the point I said. Yeah, that's in like the only way to sort of justify yeah. how much he's sort of improved as a player because yeah, he has been beating some seriously good players um, and in some style as well. Like it's it's no easy feat. Um, and yeah, I think the only way, as you said, is to get a, a good result this week. And if he does, he will be in that conversation. It just create that awkwardness and that's all he wants I think <laughs> he's a distractor I, I don't even know necessarily that he's improved as much as like I think he was a really good player before but didn't was. have the mental aptitude to get over the line and then he's gone to live where a lot of people are taking it a little bit easy and he's knuckled down and taken advantage and that's not to take away you know you can't win three times if you're not good um because again they're gonna tell well Danny Lee's won and Charles Howe's won and all that stuff, but they've only won mm. once, like he's won three times so yeah. It's, it's the consistency, isn't it? I, he's the I best player on that tour. Like he is. Yeah. At any point, so I know you can take all the DJs and Kepkas, and they'll just turn up in the majors because that's what they do. But they were Gucci's probably saying, "Why can't I do that? I beat these guys." And this probably because they'll say, uh, "Well, they don't want it as much, and you want this as much as them." You know, it's I don't know. But he needs to prove that he can 
perform in the majors and on the bigger stage. So I think it's a, a great opportunity to sort of sort of transform that form, uh, transfer that form over from live to yeah. um, the majors. Are they doing a top live market this week? I imagine that's something to look at him at if they are. Yeah. Uh, top live golfer. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. But yeah, there is one. He's 10 to 1 for top live golfer. So obviously I like Dustin Johnson, but if we're saying mm. it's not a Cam Smith golf course, Brooks, you know, can do anything. I like DJ. Bryson and Reed, I'm relatively interested in. I've got one other I want to talk about on live after this, but mm. um, that's an interesting way to look at it. I think maybe 10 to 1 in that market instead of looking at like top 20s and things like that. So, uh without further ado let's go on to your next pick brad and then we'll come back to that conversation okay yeah so Corey connor is actually the the first player on my card this week um he stood out at 100 to 1 um he's, he's shortened up a bit now our friend ben cody's put him up and he's he's 80s which is fine um it's big enough for me and yeah since he won the texas open back in april he's sort of been a bit in and out um, he had that disappointing miscut of the masters the major he usually plays well in um, it most likely came too soon after his win. And um, yeah, he had a much better performance at the USPGA. Uh, he was second going into the final round, only to shoot 75, uh, ended up finished 12th. I think that was the first time Corey's been in the final group of a major championship. I know he's been up there in a load of them, but I think that was the first time he's been in the, the final group. And yeah, the, the occasion clearly got to him. But I mean, golf's all about experiences, and I'm hoping, I'm banking, if he does get in that position again, he'll be a little bit more uh, competitive. Um, but yeah, as we know with Connors, he's an outstanding ball striker. He hits plenty of fairways and greens. Um, he finished tied 19th last week in Scotland um, after closing with a round of 66. Um, and in that final round, he gained 3.67 strokes, tee to green, and um, he even got the putter work and he gained over two strokes, which... Is always a good thing with Connors because that is his weak link. Um, and I just think that's something um, to build on uh, coming into this week. I'm expecting him to sort of carry over that momentum uh, into Hoy Lake. Uh, he missed the cut on his first British Open back in 2019. Uh, but since then, he's finished uh, 15th and 28th. And that 15th back in uh, 2021, uh, that could have been so much better as he was uh, fourth going into the final round, the closer around 73. Um, I like his two wins in Texas. That, that bodes well because of the wind. That's always wind affected. Um, so that play, always plays its part. Um, also like the third at Sony Open, the fourth at the Ibrisy Heritage. Again, all very wind affected and by the sea. Um, seventh at the TPC Sawgrass, what we said earlier, like that. And uh, yeah, he often shows up in the majors. And for someone that's only won twice, he has a fantastic record in them. And yeah, uh, he's proven in the past he can handle the wind. He's shown up on links courses. So I think he's an, an excellent each way bet this week. Uh, he obviously, he might not win it. Who knows? I mean, Wyndham Clark won. No one's expecting that. Um, he's got the ability, but I think each way, fantastic bet this week. Feast or famine in the majors, isn't he? He's got three top tens at the Masters, two missed cuts and a 46th. He's got a 17th and a 12th in the PGA, two missed cuts and a 64th. You can forget about him at the US Open, which is strange considering his skill set. And then he's got a miscut in his debut in 15th, 28th, as you said, the Open. He looks like that top 20 bet that you just go, well, look, he's played, he's got six top 20s in however many major starts that is that I've just said. Um, yeah, really good record. I think he's that top 20 bet for me. I get the skill set argument. I understand, like, I'm very much on board with accuracy, and that's my thing this week. So Corey Connors is that 
mm-hmm. step down, I guess, from kind of the Hovlands and the Morikawas of the world um, for me, and, and you're getting a decent price in them. So, yeah, do get that. Um, Jason, Ryan Fox. Yeah, can I just say, right, that we always go on about uh, Keith Mitchell being the only Keith on the circuit, but Taylor Gucci's middle name is Keith. Anyway. <laughs> he also can't, can't spell his first name, so there we go. No, 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 no. no. Makes good clothes, sir. Yeah. Um, Ryan Fox. Well, I mean, this is based on um, you, you play a normal European tour and you go to links and you go, I'm going to put Lagergren in, whatever price he is, you know, a million. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, in fact, he was doing actually okay in Scotland, Lagergren, until we were signing around. Um, but anyway, so this is based purely on a links thing. I don't know if this is links enough, but he was another one that caught my eye. He finished finished level at 12th with um, my last selection as well. Um, but anyway, um, Fox, obviously, again, a bit in fact, worse than Clark. Uh, for years, just threatened and threatened and threatened to win at a slightly lower level. Came out, obviously, you know, won his tournaments, which include uh, the 2022 Daniel Links, where Rory was fourth, Noran was second. See, Noran's won the Scottish before. Noran's also got sixth, ninth and eleventh at three different Open Championships. We know that that's great form, um, and he's he's you know he's been partly taken off on the, on the PGA Tour and he's doing bloody well really, um, an awful lot better than I would have given him credit for, uh, to be honest. Fourteenth at Bay Hill, twenty seventh at Sawgrass, um, did okay at the match play, and then and then the last three majors, twenty uh, sixth at Augusta, twenty third at the PGA, after which he got special temporary exemption, um, so he was uh, even happier, and then. Uh, 43rd, which is okay at the US Open. In comparison, if you look at, I know he's not in the class, but Cam Smith missed the cut at the US Open the year he won. Larry, Franny and uh, Jordan Spieth finished mid-table as well before they went into in the US Open. Had a four-week break, came out last week in Scotland. I was well impressed. Mm. Um, finished 12th. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I am worried that he does, you know, smash it slightly wildly but again I've, I've taken a little bit off that um two i think obviously you've got the couple of par fives where you are going to smash it and I'm, I'm quite happy with that um and all the others I, again i just think he can probably club down um depending on the wind obviously uh he can probably club down and and, and take that accuracy just a, a little notch a little notch higher um second at the irish open in 2022 um Third at the BMW in 2022 was interesting. I know that was his stellar year. Um, but the BMW International Stenson won that um, uh, in Tiger's year, 2006. Um, and then, obviously, Stenson went on to win the uh, British Open. Shit, I should say British Open. <laughs> went on to win the <laughs> Open in uh, 2016. Your man, Victor Hovland, won the BMW International in 21. He's, as you've already said, he's been 12th and 4th in this Open. Um, when he's good, his form actually reads... Of some of the highest class. I know it's not necessarily uh, the, the depth of the field. You know, you haven't got 50 top class ones there. Yeah. But um, it, it does really, really read very, very well. Uh, last week, third driving distance, second in par fives, which I thought was really interesting. Fifth in birdies. Um, it was only day two that really stopped him uh, progressing on the putting. I like it. He's going to come on for that four-week break. He's had a busy year, I think, uh, hopping from here, hopping over there. Um, I know he's the son of uh, Grant Fox, so he's used to he's used to you know 
um, traveling and he'll be used to being in the big time. It's not really going to phase him. Um, just a real eye catcher last week, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd, I'd rather it was links. I'd rather it was St. Andrews, uh, but I'll go along with it. I, you know, I'm happy enough. So we, we, we spoke, me and Sky just done the, the show that we do, and we sort of look at the, the European golfers, and we, we kind of reluctantly included Mimouli and Ryan Fox in that, in the sense that they're probably more PGA Tour players at this stage of the season. Uh, they've been playing a lot over there. But the first thing was that Fox has been playing incredibly well on the PGA Tour all season, like really consistently. Second of all, I just think that Fox, of those two, is the more adaptable and you mentioned that you think he can take a little bit off his tee shots and things like that like i think he's one of those ones that could be a little bit more creative um and he, and he could play those stinger shots and all those sort of things you love to see and look on his debut is 49th in a major but he was actually 25th at the halfway mark shot of 76 on saturday and then bounced back with a 67 missed his second cut not really much you can say about that and he finishes 39th his next start 16th in his fourth uh open championship start he was third after round one and finished 16th after two poor middling rounds. And then he was inside the top 20 going into the weekend in 2021, 25th still going into the final round, and then shot 76 on the final day to really fall down. I actually think he's one of those players that is probably not given enough credit. And I think this is the first time we're seeing Ryan Fox as a player that has tested himself against the top-level competition all season. So we know what he is this year, and it's... You know, 26th in the in the Masters, 23rd uh, in the PGA, and you know, I, I think you've got to respect that. Like 21st at Colonials, 12th last week, as you said, he's had six uh, weeks in a row where he's gained an approach, really good. Um, yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's overlooked. The only the obvious concern is that the accuracy has not been good all season. Um, but that's probably more where he's been playing rather than yeah. than what. Like I think he can adapt himself. So I like the Ryan Fox pick. It's a very long way of me saying that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, go on, Brad. No, 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 no. I was just saying I I really like the Ryan Fox pick as well. I was close to him last week, and yeah, obviously he's a bit he's, he's a late bloomer, isn't he? He's he's got better and better. And I think um, he he has this sense of belonging now, um, playing amongst the best. And I believe this is another great opportunity for him this week. And it's links golf. Yeah, he hasn't been as accurate as he as he has been shown his stats wise, but I think he'll be able to adapt, as you said, uh, better to this type of golf than others. And yeah, if there was a pick between him and Minwoo this week, I think um, without a doubt Ryan Fox is the pick of the bunch. Yeah, that's made his Masters debut, best ever PJ finished so far. You know, close to his um, best in the US Open. He's been 43rd into that, and then yeah, he's got the 16th in the Open Championship, and I, I think that's probably close to what we should look at this week like the, the 16th is a good good aim i think so um you obviously need to do a little bit better than that for some each way returns but mm-hmm. it only takes a, a couple of putts on the last couple of days when people are struggling to, uh, to get over that line so i like it um next two picks for me this is this is the thing here where i think that there's potentially a bit too much stock in European or British golfers in this event over Americans. These next two picks I, I'm picking because I think they're underrated in the market based on their current form because they're American. I think if they if they had an English flag next to them, they'd be a lot higher. That's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of these two is Brian Harmon, who is 110 to one of eight places. He's been 19th and 6th in his last two Open Championships. 
And on his debut in 2014, which was at this golf course, he was 26th. So he effectively has almost had three top 20s in the Open. He was, I think he was 23rd going into Sunday here nine years ago and just fell away. He was 12th last week at the Scottish Open, but he was actually third going into the final round. And that, that means his form reads second at the Travellers, ninth at the Rocket Mortgage, which we wouldn't really fancy him for, and then 12th in the Scottish Open. So in relatively small sample size, Brian Harmon is excellent at Lynx Golf uh, relative to his skill set and, and level of ability, I think. He's been in that contention at the Travellers Championship. Didn't, you know, he was chasing down Keegan Bradley rather than really going toe-to-toe with him, but I was impressed nonetheless. And they put up, they keep another graphic of like the best players or the most top tens without winning on the PJ Tour in X amount of years. And it's just him versus Tommy Fleetwood and Harmon keeps coming out on top. The difference is Harmon has won. So I I really like Brian Harmon. I think he's slightly underrated as a player. Um, look, I've probably given Brian Harmon fair amount of stick in the past but i just i just like the body of work at the moment the approach play the putting's really solid um the form's good he was even seventh for the heritage earlier in the season he, he had two seconds at the very start of the season mexico and the rsm so he's been in and out at the start of the year but otherwise i think it's been a really positive season for him and one that will see him uh go well in this he's been he's, he's 18th in the fedex cup points i know people don't like using that but if you look at his you know, world ranking in 26th, probably a little bit generous, but 31st day to golf. I mean, I think that's probably about right with his form. So Brian Harmon, really consistent in Open Championship and, you know, Lynx golf, as he showed at Scottish Open last week. I think he's underrated. Yep. Second one, Russell Henley was 175 to 1 this morning with 10 places. Still 125 to 1 um, in places, 110 to 1 for the 10 places now. And I'll take that 10 places, 110 to 1 still. Been in good form this season. Won in Mexico earlier in the year. Uh, finished fourth at Augusta, 14th at the US Open. He is the most accurate driver of the golf ball on the tour. He leads the driving accuracy. He's ranked inside the top five in three of his past four starts in strokes gain approach. And I think if he brings that kind of iron play to Hoylake, it's going to be it's going to be game on for him. I mean, his Open Championship record is modest, and I think that's going to put people off. But he was 20th at St Andrews in 2015. And then at Birkdale in 2017, he didn't finish particularly well, but he was 10th after uh, two rounds. And and to me, I just think the way that Henley's playing at the moment, he's probably a better player than being given credit for. I mean, statistically, he's been given the credit. I think Data Golf has him as top 20 or whatever. But the fact that he had that, he was 10th after two rounds at Birkdale and he finished with a 67 after really playing himself out of it on the Saturday. He comes back a bit more of a steady player now. He was even 18th going into the final round last year at St Andrews and finished with a 75. So we're talking about a player that has got flashes of Lynx form. And that shouldn't be a surprise when you look at the facts of how well he's played in windy PGA Tour events. Um, you know, he's won in Houston, which is obviously Texas. And we talked about that earlier in the season, uh, earlier in the show. Uh, he's won the Honda Classic, which correlates incredibly well uh, to Open Champions. Sony can get windy. Mexico can get windy in its own right. He's had two chances to win in Sony. Should have won the one that Hideki won. You look at who he's beat. Roy McIlroy, obviously, he's beaten Brian Harmon, who I've just been speaking about. So he fits this kind of mould. I just, I said it about two or three weeks ago that Russell Henley was going to be that guy that I think is going to surprise and finish in the top ten, and, and people are going to wonder why he's there. But it shouldn't be a massive surprise, really. Like we we go back to. 
um, the US Open in 2021, he was actually in contention, wasn't he? Going, I think he might have been leading after 54 holes. He was certainly around there at the time. Um, obviously, fell away to finish 13th. But since then, the fourth and the 14th place finishes. You look at it, the US Open, he was 16th as an amateur in 2010, 11th and 15th in the Masters earlier on in his career as well. So I, I think Sneakley is a very good uh, major player who's got a chance to break through, Brad. Um, He's been very consistent, yeah, hasn't he? And yeah. I mean, the, the performances in the majors of what what's eye catching, fourth at the Masters and fourth at the USA. But I just think he's 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 too big, like you said. I'm surprised to see him that that big. He wasn't it's someone just, I can't play things golf, doesn't it? Mm. That's right. Which I don't think is true. So I think if it was St Andrews, I'd be a little bit concerned because he doesn't have the distance off the tee. But I think. When it comes to a test that's going to favour accuracy, I think it's right in his ballpark. And no, he didn't make the cut here in 2014, but he's he's won multiple times since then. He's a different player since then. So I love that. I mean, just going to look at, I did do a little bit of crossover with um, the Honda Classic earlier and, and some of the names. Obviously, you've got Rory and, and Ricky that finished 1-2 here in 2014 that, won, that both won the Honda Classic. Adam Scott has... Uh, Got two top tens at Hoylake, won the Honda Classic. Sergio Garcia has been second at both. Ernie Els and, uh, is another one that's been in top ten and, and won the Honda Classic. So I think that Honda Classic thing is, is really going to um, stick out. And I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised he's that big. I think he's a, a way better player than that. He's probably triple the price of what he'd be in a regular PJ Tour event. And I think that's a little bit wrong. So... That's my spill on, on Keegan Bradley and uh, not Keegan Bradley, so Brian Harmon and Russell Henley. Keegan Bradley's also in that mix uh, at the same prices, but um, didn't get there with him. Jason, save my breath a little bit and give us your final pick of the Open Championship. It's, it's asking, I think it's asking a bit of a step up at the moment, but I think he's got it in him. It's Ewan Ferguson, who was also 12th in Scotland last week. Um, we've been following Ferguson for a while, he owes me nothing. Um, having put him up as a player follow last year uh, when he won Qatar at uh, 150 mm-hmm. uh, and then went on to win uh, at Galgon Castle. And of course, he should have won at Himalayan when he was, uh, I continually say it every time I mention him, when he was the best player on the park and just got beat by you know, the Oliver Wilson, who couldn't putt a thing, suddenly deciding that he can putt 35 footers and not miss a thing. Um, that itself isn't great, but when you think that Ollie Wilson is, you know, is the proverbial links player um, that raises his game on links, um, you know, again, you could probably add a, you know, take another, another few negatives off of Ferguson's chance. Take him a while to get going this year. Um, it is PGA Tour level, uh, uh, European Tour level, really. Mm-hmm. So he's top fives uh, both in South Africa. Um, He's closing eighth in Holland, um, et cetera. European Open, top 15, could have been better. Final day, rubbish. Um, and at the Belfry, obviously, he came out to form as fourth. I think he's been I think he's been playing better than his results. It's not nothing staggering, nothing standing out. But we know he's better than this. And I just think if we can catch him when he's in form, um, or we can take 100 and whatever it is this week, 150 is he, 175, something like that, isn't he? Uh, we was earlier. Essentially slightly bigger than that now. I mean, it depends what kind of place terms you want, I think. But I think there was uh, 
So there is there's a massively inflated 350 to one about you and Ferguson seven places. Um, it's it's do you know what Tom? It's probably right to win yeah. this in this grade. Um, you, I am looking at nicking. You know, I mean, I've backed him for a top 20, um, and I'm also might back him for top Scott. So two twenty five ten places, Jace. Is that the way to play him? I, I, I bet he can't win. So you're yeah. throwing your, you're throwing your win money away. Um, you know, I can, I can, I, I'd be 99.99% he won't win. Um, but I think with his experience, as as Brad, uh, we, we spoke to, we texted earlier with Brad, mm-hmm. and then I found it all on, on Twitter. Um, you've got three names that are up there that are uh, Tiger Woods on the honours table or the honours board at Hoy Lake. You've got Tiger Woods, Roy McElroy, and Ewan Ferguson because yeah. he won the um, uh, amateur, boys amateur around there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we know he loves links. We know he's born links. We know that he was one of the greatest junior players um, to play links. Um, when he was at home, it's taken him a while to get to where he wants to be. I don't think that he's even near what he was when he won Qatar and, and when, he won, uh, when he should have won Kenya. Actually, so potentially it could have been four titles last year. But I think he's getting there. As you said, Brad, earlier, um, and it's on Twitter, you know, he's now... You know, huge mates with Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Uh, playing the practice round with Ricky. Uh, that can't do any harm whatsoever. It's certainly no. going to boost his confidence. I don't know what the result was. I don't know if he's tweeted it. And I hope he hasn't said it. Hope no. he hasn't got beat by 25 and he had a field exercise <laughs> bet on himself. Otherwise, he's about 58 grand down. Um, but look, I, I'm going to keep my eye on him. I, I have backed him. To, I have backed him each way. I'm not particularly expecting him to be in the top two or three, but I don't see why he can't sneak. Rather like a bit like Ryan Fox, rather like your Russell Henley, why they can't nick a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Um, Bob, Uncle Bob, who, as you know, I've lined up um, every Open for the next <laughs> 20 years, right? um, uh, is even money favourite to be top to be top Scott. There could be a reaction to last week. Um, I know he played fantastically well. But they're really good. There will be an expectation on him now. Um, he should have been top Scott. But I, 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 whether he's whether Ferguson serves to be 137 or two against him, um, I'm not sure. Uh, and that's really based on that. It was eye catching last week, mate. And uh, mm. he's in effect, he's not at home, but you know what I mean. He's at home yeah. around these around these courses, and uh, he's got to find. He's got to find um, shot and half around. But I think it's there. Um, it's you know it's it's the way the way the the, the publicity has gone. He certainly seems full of himself. So why not why not roll the dice and give it a go? I like the way that you wanted you and Ferguson before we found out that he was a boys amateur champion in twenty thirteen at Royal Liverpool because. If you're basing it on that, which I don't think you ever would, but like if people are basing it on that, I think that would be a mistake. If you're basing it on his body of work and his upside, I think that's a, a massive bonus. I mean, look, he he won that amateur thing ten and nine against Michael Hermer, who I've never heard of, um, which is typical in these things. So he changed his name to Keith. Yeah, Keith Hermer. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing I looked at on that, and while you were talking there, was what I was trying to figure out is has someone. A little bit like what we have with, with um, obviously a different grade with Fitzpatrick winning the US Amateur and then going on to to win that US yeah, Open. Yeah, yeah. I was looking to see if there's been anything from that. Tom Lewis in 2009 beat Eddie Pepperell five and four in this tournament at Royal St George's, 
and then led after round one as an amateur in a 2011 Open. And yeah. I'm just just wondering if that's the way to play Ferguson. Just nice round leader, but yeah, yeah, like just gets himself off to a quick start, um, yeah. feeling himself. You know, played a practice round with with Ricky Fowler. He gets called the poor man's Ricky Fowler. He took that to heart. Uh, I look. I, I think I've said this before. I think, and I'm pretty sure he's like one of those modest golfers with with Niall Horan, right? And he I is, think yeah. they identify these these characters and these personalities that they yeah. think are going to bode well in the future, and not only be good golfers but good commercial aspects. And I think he's going to buy into that. And we don't know what he's like in major championships because he's never played in one. So he could be really good. We we saw McIntyre finish what sixth and eighth in his first two open championships yeah well he should have been he wasn't jules he should have been third but anyway yeah yeah so (laughs) so why can't you infer is is there a massive discrepancy in talent level Mm. between you and ferguson and robert mcintyre i don't know there's always always a couple isn't there that's going to surprise you at this prizes and if it's going to this he's a great candidate for one of them yeah i think you've i think you've just said exactly what i meant to say exactly what you meant to say which was you spot you spot uh, Robert McIntyre. Um, you wait for it, and and just you know you bet him at 100, 150, whatever it is, and then he goes 80, 66, blah blah blah, and you've yeah. lost him. And now we've lost yeah. him for a bit, which is fine. And so we look for the next one. And I think you're right. I I, I mean, there's plenty there, but of the Scots, and there's some talented Scots, you know, Connor Syme, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he, he is he. Well, we we've seen it in 2022. He's just not done it this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's that's the key. How close is he to doing it? And and I'd rather be, you, oh. I'd rather be coming to this tournament like quite confident, which he's going to be because he knows the area, you know, blah blah blah. As you say, he's, he's now mixing with the the high polloi of golf, as yeah. opposed to some of the better known names that haven't got any confidence with their game at the moment. Um, look, it's a sneak, and 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 if if I'm I if I'm correct, and Rory wins, I think Rory wins by four. <laughs> so. But I mean, you can be within ten and nick a nick a top twenty or or maybe tenth. Yeah. Why not? Look, look, it's a it's a roll of the dice. But I think I think his conditions are exactly what he's going to get this week. It's just whether he can step up uh, a grade. Yep, agree with all of that. Um, I was interested. I was coming back to that live, really circling back to that live conversation we had about I don't know how long ago was it now twenty minutes ago. Um, Louis Oosthuizen. Has suddenly shown a little bit of life. Sixth at the DC event on Live, fourth in uh, Centurion. I was going to say London then, but it's not London, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, in Centurion last time yeah. out, and he gained in, a, in accuracy that week. Just starting to think that Louis Ustain giving a shit again. And that was what happened with Dustin Johnson, and he finished 10th. And we know what Louis Ustain's open record is like. Um, yeah. We, we're talking about can it potentially be like 2021 brad uh obviously he was third there he was the 54 hole leader he's obviously won and finished second at st andrews i wouldn't necessarily worry about st andrews in general to this but i i do believe in him still making a bit of a, a move in this event um mm-hmm. i don't think it's all said and done for, for louis station just yet not at all. No, I, I was on him, um, Centurion, because he's been showing a little bit recently. And yeah, he was great. He was competitive to the end. And this is exactly what he wants. He, he's shown in the past, good links player. Um, I think the pro- I was, I, I, I really wanted to take him this morning. Um, he was, 
massive price of Paddy Power, 10 places. I think it was 125, uh, but it didn't last long. Um, still 125 is about now. Um, but yeah, he he was one of the last names off my shortlist. Uh, really liked him. And um, I think Brendan Grace as well is another one who loves it. He loves the test, um, loves Lynx Golf. So I think both of them, should. Um, they could, uh, you know, just take one of them places up at big odds that we were just recently talking about that you and Ferguson might. You know, there's so many that could potentially. I mean, you've got 12 places available. Yeah. Um, they could nick it, but it's tough to decide. You can't take them all, can you? Yeah. Well, the other thing with those days, and it was when he played her in 2014, he was third after 36 holes and then shot Saturday 76, um, which it seems to be that a lot of people did. And this could be a wave thing because he may have got caught in the bad weather. I haven't looked into that because I haven't been so high on those days. But I, I just I just noticed him. I just noticed, the, well, I just remember seeing him on the leaderboard at Centurion when I was there and thinking, you know, is this enough for him to sort of contend at a major? I don't don't necessarily think you should straight away think he can go and win one, but certainly think at, you know, 110 to one eight places, you know, 80 to one with 10 or 12 places. Like, he, mm-hmm. he can fill one of those up. So, um, interesting that. Matthew Jordan's the other one to Ewan Ferguson where he's got the actual, is his home course and there was a lot of talk about him when he qualified. I think the occasion might get a bit too much for him. He'll have a lot of support yeah. out there. But, again, could start fast, like I said about Ferguson. Brad, I thought you might mention Matt Wallace. He's, he's a massive price at 400 to 1. Yes, uh, slightly disappointed with him last week. But again, he, he's, he hit the ball really well. He did hit the ball really well. And it was just uh, come down to the putter. But he was there, thereabouts. I had him top 30 bet. And I did obviously take him each way at a big price as well. But yeah, he showed, showed little bits. But yeah, not that didn't have it all. Um, but yeah, he could he could show up this week. I mean, what what price is he? I, I was a bit disappointed. So the other one, and this is, you know, to both of you, really, this is where we've got to sort of weigh up what this form means. But Keita Nakajima and um, Mm. and what's his name Um, on on the DP World Tour, the name comes to me in a minute. But oh, Kazuki Higa. No. um, I'm sorry, I thought you were still on the Hoshino. No. No. I'm sorry, I thought you were going to Kanaya. Uh, Kanaya, that's it. So those, those two have been battling. They've been dueling, haven't they? One and one and two yeah. on the Japan tour for a little while now. Um, and I just wonder if we've kind of given up on Nakajima a little bit early. Like this is this is the you know world number one amateur for a record 87 weeks. He won the Panasonic Open in Japan as an amateur. Uh, then he beats Kanaya in that playoff in in 2023. He lost another playoff to. Kenzai Hirata, whoever that is. Um, yeah, he, I, I, I was on him that week. It was <laughs> horrific. It was horrific. <laughs> there you go. But the the last, you know, you look at tour tips: ninth, twelfth, twenty-first, second, second, first, second, third, eighteenth. Um, I I just, you know, he's missed. He's he's only played in one major, and he and he missed it. Uh, he missed the cut in. Um, well, sorry, one Open Championship. He missed the cut in 2022. He missed all the cuts in the majors in 2022. But I just wonder if he's going to return a little bit kind of more hardened. And he was 12th in the Zozo Championship uh, on the PGA Tour earlier in the season. So we know he can mix it a little bit. And and even when he came onto the DP World Tour, I think he played decently well. Didn't he play like the ISPS Hander or something? He played OK. Uh, he finished 12th there. So 
500 to 1 Nakajima. Look, I don't I don't think he's going to win and I don't even know if he's going to place. But we just see these things in Open Championships sometimes. And then you go, oh, yeah, well, he was playing well and so-and-so. I mean, who was it? Todd, uh, what's his name? Oh, fucking hell, I'm terrible at names today. Todd, Todd Hamilton. Hamilton. Um, yeah. Is it Todd Hamilton or am I making that yeah, up? It's, it's, no, it's Todd Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so in 2004, no, no, in 2004, <laughs> he won the Open Championship, didn't it? And it was because yeah. he was playing so well in Japan. And I just, look, this, history doesn't repeat itself like that. Like, it hasn't happened since. But this is just such a highly sought-out amateur um, for a long period of time. People wanted to back him on the PJ Tour. I dare say that if he was on that Netflix documentary like he was going to be, people would have bet him because they'd have got, you know, mm-hmm. you've got more of his story and all that sort of thing. So um, I don't think he's going to really get in the mix, but at 500 to 1, you're going to get some decent, um, you know, placement turns for top 20 and top 40. So I would look at that. Um, that is about my spill because I think otherwise I'm just going to get into the ridiculousness of covering, covering every single player in the field. I want to get you guys off so you got you can finish your things off. So, any closing statements, Bradley Todd? No closing statements from me. No, covered it. Just um, can't wait for it. Absolutely yeah, sure. really excited for this one. Love it. Great viewing course. Jason, any final thoughts on the Open? Yeah, when when's the next St Andrews? Uh, it hasn't been mentioned, but I guess it would be 2027. Right, where's the one after that? 2032. Right. Is there any anti-post betting on Christo Lamprick to win it? <laughs> <laughs> is he, did you, is he did the massive see, hitter? Did you is see the, the final the Oh, my God. This man. Hits it a oh mile. God. He's, good. He's going to be the longest drive of the ball. What, ever. Wasn't he the one that uh, I, I think Matt was talking about earlier on the tips that every single par four that was under 420 yards or something, he went for the grip? Yeah, from the A to drive on the A's fucking crackers. Anyway, it's irrelevant to this week. I just I just thought he, he the way he played, I just looked at it and went, Well, having said that, I killed Gene John off. So um, <laughs> you know, when I thought he was gonna be, you know, um, and Dork, I thought, no. you know um but it, oh my god, if you see this bloke play, oh Jesus. Mm. Anyway, anyway, that was that was my only thought and nothing else to do with the this week's open, I'm afraid. Excellent. I mean he's in the field, so it, it has some sort of relevance, but um, there we go. Let's summarise our picks for the Open Championship then. Oh, I guess we'll, we'll give a couple of Barracuda picks. I'm not going to go into them. Uh, I'm not going to talk mm-hmm. about them. But I'm going to go with uh, Ches Reeve at 45 to 1 five places and Sean Crocker at 100 to 1 five places. Uh, Brad, any Barracuda picks before we? Okay, Barracuda champ. I'm going to go uh, Taylor Pendriff. Uh, 25 to 1, seven places. I think that she's been shortened now. I think 22 to 1, Bet Fred or Sky Bet's the best price. Um, yeah, finished really strong last week. It's class act in the field, trending, winds coming. Uh, brilliant tee to green, 13th, 11th, last two starts here. Um, then I've gone Grace and Sig, 60 to 1, far too big. It's turned a corner in recent weeks. Four consecutive cuts, 13th, last time out, John Deere. Again, hitting the ball really well to the green, gained eight strokes at the John Deere, which is sublime. Um, hitting his irons really well. 15 for 20 sit here in his last appearances, gone as low as 65. Yep, 60 is just far too big. And uh, Sean Crocker with yourself, just decent showing last week. Uh, Scottish Open, uh, hit the ball really well to the green. And um, Tom, I don't know if you noticed, um, I was worried about the, the trip last year. 
Um, um, I know you've got a bit of interest in Sean Cocker as well. Uh, but obviously, he did this exact trip. Um, sorry to do this from the Scottish Open to the Barracuda to California, and yeah, he finished six, tw- tied 66th at the Scottish Open. He flew over to Ca- uh, California, finished tied 13th. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he now arrives in much better form. Yeah, just every hope he can improve on that. Yeah, the form is sweet. Yeah, the the tee to green um, stats really stood out to me in a really stacked field at the Scottish Open. He is Californian or from that or lives in that area, so feel quite strongly about that. And the fact that you know his irons seemed disappointing at 17th in the field, and you quickly remember who he was in company with. Um, I was really happy with that. Uh, Jason, we obviously didn't make you prepare any picks, but did you have any a glance at Barracuda at all? No, I mean, I like what you both said, to be honest. Mm. I think, I think Pendry found really, really, but I, I keep in my eye on actually better to wait for a chance mm-hmm. to, to back him. Yeah. I, he's the most greenest player I've ever seen yeah. actually play a tournament. Um, played well last week. Barbasol and Barracuda often go together, don't they? Yeah. They often see um, good results followed by good results. But he, I, I still think he hasn't got the faintest idea what's going on. Um, and and, and that, I think that's a good thing because I think when you do see something happening, yeah. um, I mean, he can't string two results together. Um, and that's because he's like blown over by the wind, I'd imagine. <laughs> but I, I, he, he's one that I think is miles better than he's shown. And uh, yeah, I'll wait. But I, I, I have to agree with Brad, I think Taylor Pendrith. I mean, the win, the win is coming and this is a dropping grade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. I um, Yeah, Batty is funny because I, I, I have this thing that he's just going to win by the coast, but it's also the place he's most likely to get blown away. So, um, yeah, so it's, just, it's tough to know what to do with yeah, it. It's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, look, let, let's, let's quickly summarise his picks because otherwise we're, we're in danger of getting off track again. Um, Open Championship. I am going with final major of the year. I'm going with Victor Hovland at 20 to 1, eight places uh, at Bet365. I'm then going with Colin Morikawa, 30 to 1, eight places in multiple places. Dustin Johnson, same 30 to 1, eight places in multiple places. I'm then going with uh, Brian Harmon at 110 to 1, eight places. Russell Henley, 125 to 1, eight places. And then I think you should have a look at things for like Louis Stays and then Keaton Nakajima in the placement markets. Brad, your picks for the Open Championship, please. I've gone for Cantlay, 28 to 1, eight places. I think Boyle Sports is the best place for that. Um, Gooch, 80 to 1, sorry, uh, seven places with Unibet. And then I've gone for Connors. Uh, there's 101 available with Betvit to five places. Or there is uh, a Rogue eight places with live score bet but i think most people don't have access i'll go with the places um so eight places with uh, bet 365 yep excellent and then jason your picks for the open championship please mate. i actually think rory is a bet at seven is it best uh can get a 15 to 2 at Skybet. yeah yeah 15 to 2 i think i think he'll trade the list two at some point you can do what you like after that uh wyndham clark i really like uh ryan fox mm based on links um, and you and uh, Keith Ferguson um, <laughs> and also um, top 20 and top Scott for Ferguson. Yep, like it. Very good. I am just going to very quickly do another closing thing. Michael Kim has put out a tweet on the back nine at Royal Liverpool. I'm not going to read through it all, um, but he says it's not firm like 2006-2014 yet. If it stays like this, we're not going to be hitting irons off most teams like Rory and uh, Tiger did. 
fairways are green from all the rain and lots of holes back nine are into the wind you're hitting a lot of drivers it could be playing very long though it could change by sunday sitting on the fence a little bit um 17 par 3 is no joke 150 but wind will be primarily into and it's a tiny green with runoffs and some bad bunkers short tough par threes are amazing uh 18th there's a really tight ob on the to the fairway on the right hand side it's no longer a short par five reachable but with at least three iron for him um so there's some tweets there from michael kim uh going i think up. it's elite i think elite will win but yeah absolutely mm. there we go i think that's it i think that's everything for the Open championship good one enjoyed it hope we finish off with uh, a major champion just obviously started the year with john rahm and good luck to everybody and we look forward to next week's events as well thank you all for listening and thank you gents for joining me cheers gents Bye, yes.